you know, I've seen on Twitter many um, orthopedic consultants and surgeons who are coming back as, you know, junior ITU nurses, anything they can to help their um, their colleagues in, in ITU and in A&E. We're also seeing the best of the NHS right now. We're seeing um, quite a, a camaraderie across all the specialties and all the different types of, of clinicians. Uh, we're trying to do their best to support the frontline teams that are uh, facing the biggest challenges. On today's show, we are talking to the Patchwork Health CEO and co-founder, Dr. Anas Nader. We're talking all about how they are helping the NHS get the returning workers where they need to be to help make sure that people get the right level of care that they need during the current crisis. This is Tech Talks. It's your twice-weekly technology podcast, which features interviews with some of the industry's leaders and brings you a bit of technology news. Enjoy the show. Today's show, I'm joined by Akish and Ali. Good morning, or good afternoon, rather, looking at the time. Yep. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. How was your air weekend? weekend? <laughs> um, it was hot on the weekend, wasn't it? It was, it was really, really, really bloody hot. Um, I, I stayed at home, stayed indoors, um, did some gardening, um, put up some LED lights, uh, in the garden what else did i do i'm glad uh, to hear you stayed at home mate yeah well, yeah. <laughs> I, I well no, that's a huge it, revelation it, well no no because i did see a lot of reports this morning um about people going into parks and beaches again and oh yeah it's Absolutely. just ridiculous like it's ridiculous like don't get me wrong any one of us could just pick up our bags and go somewhere nice and by the coast or whatever but you know chose to to i guess look out for others so yeah yeah, yeah. I heard on the radio um, this weekend, they said, I know the weather might be tempting. You might be tempted to go outside and go to the park and have a picnic, but just don't do it. Went for a really long walk this weekend because that was my exercise. And I walked past a park. I didn't go in it. I walked past it and there were millions of people. It was rampacked. They were standing in big groups. And I thought to myself, you guys are literally idiots. You're breaking the law right now. It is slightly worrying, especially when you, you know, wake up to the news that the Prime Minister has spent the night in hospital, which just again shows that yeah. this really can affect absolutely anybody. Yeah. And also, I think, I think the, the, the problem is that there's also that, that thing of, oh, you know, a lot of people are trying to stay away from the news a little bit, but it's also, you have to realise this is very serious now. Um yeah. And, you know, I'm sure we'll hear about it in, in the interview as well, how, you know, a lot of old people that have retired and, and been ex-medics are now coming back just to help because it's it's just getting out of hand a little bit. So we all need to do our bit. And I know it's tempting, especially in our society, where a little bit of sun and everyone wants to, you know, put on their flip-flops, put on some yeah. shorts, let's get out there, you know, let's top up our tans, let's do this, you know, let's get out there. But for once, let's not think about ourselves and actually think about, others and how our actions can affect um you know the society i guess with that i think we will go to the interview it is a returning guest it is patchworks dr anas nader he's the co-founder and ceo of the business they were on the show about nine months ago um but as you will find out given what they provide we felt that it was a, a worthwhile time to have a chat with them so today's show sees a returning guest. Thank you for giving up some time, Anas. You are you are an NHS doctor and the co-founder of Patchwork Health. So a busy time for you. 
Indeed, yes, a busy time on both fronts. And um, as you already know, David, Batchwork Health is a digital platform that connects um, healthcare employers, NHS trusts to a pool of flexible workers. And even in the most normal of times, the NHS has always had a um, challenges with, with safe staffing levels and has always relied on temporary staff and flexible workers. And we've always supported the NHS in that space. But today, more than ever, um, we're finding that um, solutions like ours are, are in critical need and demand across the NHS to ensure that um, the NHS hospitals are having, you know, have all the staff they need and have adequate visibility over the vacancies that are coming out of COVID-19. Yeah, look, I mean, it made sense that we wanted to talk to you at the moment because obviously yeah. we had you on the show maybe about a year ago. Yeah. And and at the time we thought, oh, brilliant, here's, here's an application from a doctor that's serving a, a really critical need at the time. And today we're recording on the day that NHS Nightingale opens yeah. in the last what week, how, how many thousands of retired healthcare professionals have returned to the workforce? It's the number is increasing rapidly. I think we're close to, I think initially there was a number of 7,000. The aim was about 15,000. Mm. Um, I can see that's hitting that number very soon. There's quite a lot of doctors and nurses already coming back. Um, many of them to, to support uh, the Nightingale Hospital in London and other Nightingale hospitals across um, other regions because you probably already know that they're looking to open similar um, um, Nightingale hospitals in Manchester, Birmingham and, and, and elsewhere. Um, some of these returning clinicians will be joining uh, the frontline staff in NHS hospitals as well. So, 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 um, and what we're seeing as well is many of these um, Nightingale hospitals are, are also asking for some support from NHS trusts themselves because mm -hmm. whilst a lot of the retired doctors are coming back, um, some of them are not um, the, the specialists that we need to run certain units, uh, particularly intensive care units. Um, so whether it is intensivists or, or um, ITU nurses, ITU consultants, anesthetists, um, there's quite a lot of different specialities required to support the Nightingale hospitals. So I, Nightingale hospitals will be drawing upon both the retired clinicians coming back to the workforce as well as NHS Trust themselves um, supplying some of their staff for the Nightingale hospitals. And is it not just a case that not only is it is it working out who is appropriate in which trust or which hospital, but even within those hospitals where each person would would make sense to be deployed. I suppose there's there's a whole complex myriad of working out where these people who are turning en masse huge influx need to be need to be put. Absolutely. So so and that's that's a logistical challenge. Absolutely. So um, we're aware that different regions have um, uh, uh, coordinating in, in, in centrally within within workforce hubs, trying to um, work collaboratively across multiple NHS providers to, to decide how to redeploy the workforce. And we're also seeing clinicians from different specialties that are not of acute type specialties, the likes of ophthalmologists and psychiatrists and trauma and orthopedic surgeons, um, the type of clinicians that right now most of their work has been put on pause, many 
planned operations have been cancelled, um, many elective procedures have been cancelled, um, and many of these doctors and nurses who have left the operating rooms and theatres and left their clinics to join the frontline teams in A&E, in intensive care, um, are also being assessed for their skill sets. Some of them are being rapidly upskilled and trained um, on, on, on certain equipments like in ventilating machines and, and, and other um, similar types of skills. Uh, and others are trying to support anywhere they can. Um, you know, I've seen on Twitter many um, orthopedic consultants and surgeons who are coming back as you know junior ITU nurses, anything they can to help their um, their colleagues in in ITU and in A and E. Um, so we're seeing we're seeing a, you know as always with these kind of crises, whilst it's 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 a very uh, um, a challenging time for the NHS. We're also seeing the best of the NHS right now. We're seeing um, quite a, a camaraderie across all the specialties and all the different types of of clinicians who are just here to support. Uh, we're trying to do their best to support the frontline teams that are uh, facing the biggest challenges, and mainly that would be AME, ITU, acute medicine. And talking of supporting, you are one organisation amongst many who are putting yeah. aside commercial aims to try and help in the face of this particular yeah. crisis. Uh, and you are offering patchwork free to trust and hospitals. Like you, you might need to just yeah. explain exactly how it's being deployed, but how Absolutely. is the service helping making sure that people are going to the right to the right destinations absolutely so as you said we've put our commercial interest aside and and trying to do our bit as patchwork health um as as a as a, as a, a med tech startup that was built out of the nhs in partnership with the nhs um part owned by the nhs as well so we are very um uh keen to do our part and yes so what our offer to the nhs right now is we put together a COVID 19 solution that is um that is unique to the situation so that we can deploy it uh, at pace and at scale. Our usual implementation programs are quite um, thorough when we implement with a new organization and with new NHS trusts. What we've done is we've created an accelerated implementation that can be done remotely um, via teleconference and via Zoom and other, other such tools so we can train frontline teams on using the system, onboarding them rapidly to aim to go live within 10 days of kickoff um, and ensure the NHS trusts who need this COVID-19 staffing solution have it um, as fast as possible. Um, and we're also uh, supporting the existing trusts that are already using Patchwork by um, supporting them onboarding new clinicians, trying to join their banks. Um, we've created bespoke back dashboards and, 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 and um, data analytics that allows NHS trusts to track the COVID-19 requirements on staffing, the pressure that's putting on their staff, um, on the staffing requirements, as well as forecasting what it looks like uh, in the next few weeks and the next few months. Um, so we're kind of supporting on many different fronts, both existing NHS partners and, and other NHS trusts who are looking for support from solutions like ours. Just out of interest, how much strain is that putting on your own business? Because you're having to work remotely. Um... And yeah. if you are rapidly deploying the tool and adding new features to it and taking on a huge amount, a huge influx of customers, that in itself is a challenge. Absolutely. And, and um, it, it has been a challenge to, to try and manage the work remotely, especially implementation with clients. But um, I'm really impressed by how the team managed to quickly adapt um, and be quite nimble and agile in how we responded to this. So, so um, we, we initially... Uh, found that quite a lot of the work we were already ready to do 
uh, remotely, more so than we thought. Um, as, a, as, a, as a tech company, like many tech companies nowadays, we already have always been remote ready. Uh, many of our team members work remotely. Uh, whilst most of us are in London, we have uh, a good third uh, or 40% of our staff um, working all parts of the UK, uh, many of them working from home. We've always had a work from home policy um, and a flexible work uh, working environment that it, it allowed some of our uh, colleagues in, in, in the business to work um, remotely where possible, whether for family reasons or, 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 or geographic reasons. So we managed to adapt quite quickly to that. Um, many of our clients and NHS trusts have also managed to adapt to that quite quickly. Um, we're implementing with some NHS trusts um, completely remotely with very little light touch from us. Um, and and initially we had to get certain things uh, uh, prepared for that, but we managed to, to, get, it, to get it there. Uh, we have actually the support of our board and, 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 and our, our, our team in all our um, ambitions to, 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 to stretch ourselves as much as we can to support the NHS. And we still have the right capacity. Um, over the past 12 months, uh, you might have noticed it as well, uh, uh, David, we've gone through um, a, a recruitment drive to grow our team. Um, and that was quite timely because many of our uh, implementation and operational team have only joined us in the past few months, have already been onboarded and have been ready to, 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 to support our implementations. So we are, in, 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 compared to many, many other uh, businesses and, and other industries possibly, we, we were lucky to be ready for this, um, given that we were on a trajectory of growth uh, before COVID-19 um, uh, uh, hit the NHS and we already had the right structures and infrastructure. We're looking to continue um, supporting our teams um, and we've got partners like the BMJ and and others who are um, basically contacting us and asking us how can we help, um, how can we can can we you know can we offer our teams um, to support you and, and we've taken them on their offer. So we've got a lot of partners and friends um, in the market who uh, are basically just wanting to lend a hand um, to help scale our teams if we want into into capacity issues. Um, so I feel confident that we'll be able to to continue offering our services to our existing um, NHS partners and uh, and beyond with the resources we have internally and through our partners. Now you are a a. A&E doctor, uh, you yeah. have continued to practice being an A&E doctor whilst building patchwork at the weekend, yeah. as yeah. we've mentioned on the podcast before. Two lines of questioning. First first of all, you are going back to the front line in a couple of weeks' yeah. time, correct? How, how do you yeah. feel? I mean, I imagine you feel the business is prepared, but it, there, there must be an aspect of you are going completely hands-off for the first time with this business that you have built painstakingly over the last few years. Yes, yes. Um, so yes, that you know, there's a certain level of um, anxiety about that, um, both going back to the front line um, and, and as well as, as leaving the business. Um, I am, though, reassured by the team I've built around, around uh, myself and my co-founder, Jing. Um, we have an incredible team of um, 36 um, highly passionate and driven people who who continue to impress me with, with their level of dedication. So I'm very confident that... Um, they will be able to carry on um, with their with their with their support to the NHS through through the business. Um, I have not gone back yet, mainly so that I can get certain projects off the ground and and and, and structure the business in a way that is ready to respond to COVID nineteen. Um, and therefore, I, I I have been doing that for the most for the better part of the past few weeks and and a month or so. Um, but as you said, in the next couple of weeks, I am going to go back 
um, to the front line uh, full time with my with my with my stethoscope. My GMC number is still active, so I didn't need to require G- to be one of those doctors where the GMC had to reactivate their license. My license is still going. Um, I am going to join uh, my colleagues in the front line, possibly some of the trusts I worked in the past um, or others. So I'm, I'm basically offering offering my time to. Uh, and and my, my 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 clinical time to whoever needs me the most, um, and and uh, you know it's it's it is it is it is uh, humbling to see the, the work that many of my colleagues have been telling me about what they're going through, and and many of these stories I'm hearing from the front line, and to me that has been preparing me psychologically um, to go back. To Look, the front that, line. that is that is one thing I wanted to jump in on, and I, I don't yeah. want to dwell on it too long, but I, I think it it, it is worth. Asking because if we're if we're kind of getting the message out to people about the importance of following the guidelines at this time, yeah. how how are you mentally prepared for, or how have you been mentally preparing for that, and what is the sentiment that you are getting from your colleagues who are already on the front line? So um, the initial sentiment from my colleagues in front line, they had concerns over the availability of personal protection equipment (PPEs). Um, I'm hearing positive news that this has been um, improving significantly recently. I'm seeing a lot more um, PPEs arriving to the hospitals in London and and, and across the country. Um, We're seeing private sector, we're seeing donations coming through, and we're also seeing uh, many government initiatives now uh, um, uh, 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 catching up with the with the demand. So I'm reassured on that on that side of things. Um, However, as 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 you said, it's it's. Speaking to my colleagues on the front line is overwhelming um, to many of them. Um, Our hospitals, uh, particularly the epicenter in London, um, have been overwhelmed in the past couple of weeks. They're they're, they're doing incredibly heroic work in the front line, despite the challenges. Um, But but I won't, won't, you know, uh, hide the truth. It's it's, it's pretty um, challenging. It's pretty hard um, to see that. The, the volume of patients continue to grow exponentially. Um, sadly, the, 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 the deaths are still growing exponentially, and many of them are dying in hospitals. So that's having a serious impact on um, doctors and nurses in the front line. Um, I, I've heard quite a lot of hospitals have introduced um, quite a lot of um, mental health and psychiatric uh, support and psychological support for the frontline um, teams who have been um, working uh, uh, day and night um, in these in these very challenging environments, um, so so I am I am I am both touched and and um, um, anxious about what to see and what's yet to come, especially that we know that we haven't even hit the peak yet. Um, so so you know again a reminder for everyone: um, staying home is really really important right now. Um, we do not have a, 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 a vaccine yet, um, but the best thing we can do right now to support the NHS to ease the volume of patients coming to the NHS. So there is enough capacity to treat the ones who really need um, uh, uh, the treatment um, from hospitals. It's just to uh, uh, follow the the government's guidelines, um, stay at home as much as possible, minimal uh, exposure to the outside, but only when you need to go and and then do your basic shopping and for only the absolute minimum, um, because it really genuinely does make a difference. And another thing to also kind of highlight here is this is not uh, a disease that is um, only for the elderly or, or, or the vulnerable. It impacts in the most, disproportionately the most, absolutely, but this can have a serious um, impact 
and including death to even the young ones. We've heard um, over the past few days about about uh, uh, patients as young as 13 years old um, uh, dying because of COVID-19. So, you know, I hope everyone, regardless of your age group, regardless of how invincible you think you are, um, this is a very uh, dangerously infectious uh, disease with very high percentage of fatality compared um, to, 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 to other, other types of infections and um, to take the, the warning from the government quite seriously, not just for yourself, but also for your community and your surroundings. Look, Anas, I really appreciate you giving up some time. I know it's a horribly busy period for patchwork and you're obviously doing some really uh, amazing work in supporting the nhs more broadly uh but equally when you go on the front line do stay safe and um fingers crossed we'll be able to have you back on the show in a year or so in happier times and see how the business is getting on thank you very much david take care and you stay safe there's there's a lot in the interview to pick over um i think what really interests me aside from everything else from the tech angle and what it's doing for tech companies is how businesses will have changed when we come out of the other side of this so the fact that they've kind of gone to a situation where they've accelerated the implementation of their platform that they can do it remotely in 10 days for trusts and that they are using data to forecast um and and create bespoke dashboards for trusts um is really interesting because now that they've proven that they've got those capabilities I would imagine, actually, as a business going forward, they'll look at that and go, well, hang on a minute, why can't we do this in post-COVID times? Mm. We've had this conversation so many times, and I do think, like we've said, um, everything is not going to be back to normal after we come out of this. Um, Their company will be much more effective. Imagine that. They get to roll it out in 10 days. How long did it originally take them? You know, that would have been a good question to ask. I'd, I'd have a go at the interview with that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, longer than 10 days, I, I assume. Longer yeah. than 10 days. And, and yeah. also, I would assume, not entirely remotely from the way they're talking. Mm. I think we're, we're all going to be a lot more effective when we come out of this. Mm. I think, um, I, th- I think to be, it's just, I think what is shown, not just for patchwork, not just for the app um, or the specific industry that, um, you know, they're serving, I think it's just shown across the board what can actually be done and how much you know time is kind of wasted you know doing other things or or tick box exercises or Mm. certain certain red tape in organizations can be removed in order to get things done quicker and I think you know we always hear it where it's an implementation phase and it's ABC and then they have to go and do this this and that but I think now with COVID it could be a blessing in disguise a little bit when we get out of this phase to then actually all work a lot slicker, a lot smoother and, and, and get stuff done a bit more efficiently, uh, which will be great, I think. Yeah, there's definitely a, 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 an argument that this will have streamlined and tightened up their business and made it more efficient. And, you know, Ali, you said, I think, more efficient, and I think that's right. Um, and whilst no one would want a pandemic to be the, the reason to point that out, Uh, I suppose that we've got to look at some of the positives and and how that might help businesses going forward. And you're right, some of that red tape is just bureaucratic bullshit, if we're being perfectly honest. And in that time of need... All these and all these organisations coming together. I mean, it's it's a fantastic. There is a, that uplifting kind of community aspect of it. You know, their partners offering teams to help lend a hand and scale. You know, they they cite the BMJ. You know, showing that actually when stuff needs to be done, people can come together and work very collaboratively to a, towards a bigger goal uh, and helping to deliver a service that's really 
you know, that is really genuinely making a difference. It just it just shows how, and and I I think I've I feel it a little bit. I don't know about you two guys. Um, it just goes to show how we've been so tunnel visioned in in our in our kind of day to day job and 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 you know our kind of targets and what we need to achieve and what we need to get. Whereas something like this, it just opens up your like a vision, opens up your thinking a little bit, and you kind of realise how you can lend a hand to someone else, how you can do a certain thing. You know, we see going back to the NHS, we see all the massive volunteering efforts, you know, uh, I would argue, and I don't know if I'm alone in this opinion, but had the NHS uh, had a plea for, for volunteers, if it wasn't for coronavirus and people to kind of help out with, with other services that, you know, people can access remotely, would there be that scale of, you know, kind of volunteers? I would probably mm-hmm. say no. Um, and it just goes to show that once you are hit with some adversity, um, people do show their human side and it helps business and it helps society at the same time which is ideal um especially for a business like patchwork i do think before all of this happened the the world was moving that way the prior podcasts we've done before covid19 outbreak i think the world was already moving in the way of becoming a little bit more human people were becoming a little bit more human i agree with you we were very tunnel visioned and this has opened our eyes to what's really important in life and at the end of the day, yeah, we're all majority of us are good people, and this pandemic has shown that. Mm. Even oh, no. heartless, heartless companies—I say heartless, but I mean cold organizations—have shown mm. their softer side. You know, on that human aspect piece, you know, we are seeing the best of the NHS right now. Kind of a line that kind of Anas states there, where you know you can see. Uh, retired surgeons returning as nurses, you know, just people with real high skill sets and specialist skill sets who spent their lives possibly or their working lives rather in theatres and clinics being rapidly upskilled on how to use ventilators and going out and helping in ICU wards or or A&E to kind of take strain and stress off other angles. I mean, that's, that's a really uplifting thing to hear. Yeah, I, I think we over overlook that we just kind of go thank you to the nhs and we you know absolutely thank you to the nhs but there are people putting themselves in really uncharted territories in terms of their skill sets and just doing whatever they can it's it's not just a case of doctors treating people there are people who are really going out on a limb and doing something quite unusual to to pull together as kind of a collective effort i think it's going back to ali's point it's that whole human element as well people are just Mm. it it's just a kind of it's like it's like you know when there's just a list of jobs to be done like let's say in your household or whatever and you just kind of do it do you get what i mean you you everyone just cracks on and 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 puts their head down and gets on with it rolls their sleeves up and and you're just ready to go so i think i completely agree with you i think the the fact that people are coming back from whatever specialism they've done it's just a great testament to the nhs which i think gets gets underrated or is very much underrated up until now um and it's kind of a shame that it's taken a a global kind of pandemic for for us to realize how great the Mm. service is um but i think the fact that people are still trying to uphold its value its its um dignity and also the service that it provides for everyone in the uk at some point has been blessed or touched with you know what the service provides and i think it's it's great um the fact that we've got so many people that are willing to do that because other countries don't um if you look across the globe if you look at um americas so and then if you look at europe if you look at 
Spain, Italy, these places that have been touched the most, they don't have the vast number of ex-medical professionals that can come in and lend a hand. I'm sure they would love to also go to Italy and Spain and help where they can, but unfortunately, because of the borders closing, you, you really you can't. can't. can't do but, it, yeah. So we're just very lucky to have that, I don't know, the, the knowledge and expertise in-house, mm. so to speak, um, where we can be used, yeah. On, on the tech angle, when we get out the other side of this, I hope that they do use that data that they've collected during this period to create better models and to create, you know, one of the strengths of the NHS is how integrated it is to actually say, look, look at all this data that we've collected actually about how the system works under strain and pressure and that it isn't just a kind of case that that's put to one side. And I'm sure, I'm well, I was about to say I'm sure it won't be, but I maybe that's naive. Like there is a big opportunity here to get some real insight that helps the delivery of services of, of healthcare in this country going forward. And I hope that's not missed. Agreed. Right. I think, look, I mean, there's the huge section at the end of that about Anas's own views about going back to the front line. I think that speaks for itself. Um, all that I really think that we should say at this point is that we wish him all the very best on the front line. Um, and uh, anyone who work is working to keep the national effort going on this front, you know, stay safe. And people stop sunbathing. Hopefully there's enough reasons in that interview to stop people sunbathing and doing things that they shouldn't be doing right now. You can sunbathe in your garden. Yes. Okay. Don't, don't, go, don't go to parks. I'm not saying sunbathing yeah. per se. No, yeah. definitely. You can sunbathe in your garden. Don't worry. <laughs> vitamin and um, the sun, by the way, anyone that's listening, the vitamin D is a happy, happy vitamin. So the sun makes you happy. So if you're feeling down, if the sun is out, stand outside. Very true. We'll come back with a story from Wired all about WeWork. Once a month, Tech Talks opens The Tuck Shop, a YouTube tech news roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Welcome back to Tech Talks. We have got a bit of technology news for you. Don't blame coronavirus for WeWork's claps. Blame WeWork. This is an article in Wired. Um, I mean, WeWork is everywhere. WeWork is WeWork was the biggest success story in the startup scene towards mm -hmm. the end of 2019, as it points out, valued at 47 billion, and now it could be a casualty, not of coronavirus, but a casualty that's been tipped over the edge by the situation and circumstances created around coronavirus. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I was trying to I was trying to think how many WeWorks are around our building. I, I think I can count four within, let's say, uh, a five, six minute walk either side mm. of our building where we are in Liverpool Street. Um, for those that obviously don't know where we're based um, that are listening, but it's mad how many people occupy WeWork office. And, and so... Earlier on, we were talking about the positive effects on the tech sector or the startup sector with kind of the, the coronavirus stuff happening and, and people actually finding and realizing that they can do or businesses are built to do certain things that maybe they didn't realize. What happens if, if their main area or hub that they have been congregating in since some of them 2010, since some mm -hmm. of them 2015, um, I think is when they launched in, in the UK, what happens then if they've got no place to to go to after after you know we're, we're told to kind of yeah. start normal life a little bit but 
it, it's crazy that now businesses have got another spanner in the works, so to say, um, to, to think about. There is that, but you would also hope that these businesses have figured out how to work remotely over this period in time. So it might not actually be as catastrophic for them as you might imagine, because they're going to have had to existed. Yes, they might not be able to go straight back to their office. And funnily enough, um, WageStream, an organization who've been on the podcast before and who I know our business are using at this difficult time, they are based in a WeWork. Now, mm. they're doing very well at the minute and they're working from home and they're supporting a lot of businesses. And uh, I'd imagine that they will be fine, but it will cause a bit of a, 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 an admin headache rather working out their future. But I do think there's a, there's a positive slant here in as much as whilst you are never wanting to see people's livelihoods curtailed or, or sorry, people's livelihoods um, put in doubt, um, WeWork had been telling a bit of a lie and that lie had inflated their um, their valuation. So um, as the article points out, it, it, it kind of talks about the illusory truth effects. The WeWork debacle is one of the most catastrophic business fiascos in recent memory. It's also a cautionary tale for many startups struggling to justify their stellar worth, amassed in the name of their alleged technological prowess and failing to live up to the hype. WeWork mastered that art. It used this mantra for years. We're not a real estate company. We're a tech company. Sadly, they weren't. And that's really interesting because there are companies with huge valuations that say that they are something. But mm. at the minute, a lot of that wealth and that net worth is untested by the market. And lots of these companies are not making money. So it's it's a good cautionary tale that maybe you should make organizations and the economy kind of go take a step back and really think and look in the mirror, right? Yeah, massively. And also, I don't know if you realize this, but as I, I, I was reading that article, the only thing that I kept on on thinking about was business ethics and you know, is this right that they are inflating their price prior to to an IPO, prior to you know, kind of being being released um, or, or listing themselves? And and then it kind of you, you realize when you actually take a, a, a deeper look into the business that they're not actually worth how much they're saying they are. Mm. And, did you get what I mean? But it's weird how how the article has not written anything about ethics, which I think is a massive point in business, um, and will be now. I don't want to keep going on about. The kind of pandemic but i think after this business ethics will be looked at massively more so than they were before so i, I don't mm. know if you i don't know if you got that from reading the article i just think i i don't agree with what they've done um personally but also i do know a lot of our clients a lot of people that work in in we works so I've, I've visited them plenty of times i'm sure you guys have um and they're great you know great idea great concept but it's just not right in terms of you know what what they have done or where they're about to go. I'll be interested to um, get their response on this whole situation, see what they come back with. Have they responded to you, the article yet? Has said anything? Uh, no, no, I don't I, I don't think that there's – well, I am not aware of any kind of uh, public um, statements or anything. Um, I think how they handle it now will kind of we'll, – we'll see where they come out, how they handle said, it. The, the coming months will be crucial for, for WeWork survival. Whether mm -hmm. it can hold on until the coronavirus crisis is doubtful. Before the pandemic, many people thought that WeWork would scale down massively, consolidating to a three or a five billion dollar property company, which is what they realistically are, or face bankruptcy. Um, yeah, interesting outline at the end. Strip out all the hype and technical mantras, and WeWork has always been just that—a flexible office company that offered ni offered nice spaces. Um, but yeah, they they their prospectors mentioned the word technology ninety seven times, but they weren't any more technologically savvy really than a Regis or anything else. So 
Yeah, I think ethics is a good point to pick up on, Akish. And I think, you know, this this hype, believing your own hype is we are obsessed with the idea of unicorns, etc. in technology at the mm. minute. And actually a small scale but profitable business is just as valuable as someone who's valued at a billion dollars. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I, one, one thing I didn't get from that article was what because they've got SoftBank as a, uh, let's say, a financier or, you know, someone that's kind of putting them out, what happens with SoftBank as well if they mm. were to, let's say they were to declare bankrupt worst case scenario, what happens to SoftBank? Because they they own parts of it or, you know, I, th- I think the, 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 the founder of SoftBank is also some sort of, is, is attached to, to WeWork as well. Mm. So that could be massive because SoftBank are huge in Asia. Um mm. So they would have a way to kind of walk around that. They'd probably just mm. buy them out. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it talks about WeWork suing them, doesn't it? But it's it's yeah. an interesting question. If anyone knows the answer, please tell us. Yeah, get involved. Get involved. <laughs> asking Dave. We're expecting Dave to know everything. I don't know. <laughs> There's many things I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> right i think that that should bring us to the end of the episode um thank you for listening uh obviously a slightly more somber note or somber tone to the podcast than many but hopefully uh, some really important messages in there and please do stay home and stay safe <laughs>